Hello and welcome to the GoRoll Podcast. I'm Ben, as always I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast Connor to bring you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. This week we're discussing the reveal of Poltergeist, which will appear for the first time in Scarlet and Violet's DLC. And in our Devil's Advocate section, we'll be arguing whether Game Freak should leave old Pokemon alone. As always, you can jump to a topic of your choosing using the timestamps in the description below. Connie, it's nice to meet you. Wow. You like that? Yeah. Well, that was that was in the English version it, of it, wasn't it? It was. That was in the it, English version of the trailer. I did hear that. I was like, who wrote that? <laughs> well, it's where I wrote it and then handed it over to the Pokemon uh, company. Yeah, and, no, yeah. That, it, that, I, that makes all the sense. Thank you. Thank you. I, did. And I even held up a cup of tea, which our podcast listeners will uh, they'll have, not they'll see, have, that, but they'll, yeah. they'll have felt the intention there. They, w- they will. They'll have just known when I said it. He was like, yeah. Ben is definitely holding up a bright green mug filled with flavoursome, flavoursome tea. But Connor, how are you? How's your week been? Genuine answer? A little bit stressful. Oh no. A little oh, bit. I, I am coming up against the uh the failings of the NHS. Oh no. Right. Unfortunately. I've got uh, so Long, long story short, because I don't want to derail the podcast. I've uh, been looking to get some help for my mental health. And um, I've basically been offered now. I can either go with a primary care, which have already told me they're insufficient to deal with my case. Right. Or I can wait a year for secondary care. And then that was yesterday. And then today, I've been waiting for um, an ADHD assessment. Yeah. I finally got my forms through, got them filled out, got my dad to fill out his section, sent them all off today. They gave me two weeks to fill out these forms, I want to remind you. Um, I sent them off today. I got an automated email coming back saying, okay, we're going to uh, look at these in 24 weeks. And then the waiting list after that is five years. Yeah, that sounds about right. And the only reason I know about that is um, my daughter's uh, going through a similar assessment. Uh, and that can be, uh, how long's the current waiting list? I-, I think when I last Googled it, it was like 18 months for children. Um, it is, it's absolutely crazy that the so, state of it is that bad. The worst thing is we do have another option. There's a whole thing called like right to choose. Yes, I've heard about this. Where you can choose your... Uh, profession as long as you get that referral yeah i brought this up to my gp and was basically told no you're an idiot that doesn't exist wait what yep yeah this was a whole thing um, uh, so i because <laughs> i know somebody that's also gone through this and it was successful like uh-huh. with their g i think it's postcode lottery as always it depends well, on no, your GP i know is. someone locally I know oh. someone locally who was the one who told me to go through it this way and they were like no 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 you really have to do this otherwise you just won't get seen yeah. Um that was 6 months ago. I obviously found out today that it, there's a 5 year waiting list checked in on uh this right to choose thing and they were like no you should have just got that referral sent to us and I'm like well I guess I've got to argue with my GP at some point so always Yay. always fun isn't it? I f- I do feel for GPs though cuz some of the stuff they must get is like <sighs> you shouldn't be here. You've read something on Google. But that's then, fine. <laughs> yeah, but then when you have a serious case, it's like, yeah, listen to the people. But it's, it's good that you, you know, you, you're looking after your mental well-being because it is a really important thing, and I'm glad that it's getting the attention that it needs to over over here in the UK because it yeah. used to just be like 
oh, it's just look after your physical health. And there was a time it wasn't even that. So it is starting to become more apparent that, you know, if if, if you're not looking after your mental well-being, then your physical well-being is going Everything to... Everything else will suffer. Yeah, exactly. It's it's all interlinked. So, you know, best of luck, I, I guess. And I hope it isn't five years because that is... That's too long. <laughs> it's a, it's, it is absolutely way too long. Shall we follow up? on some of last week's comments uh, following our discussion about people genning in Pokemon. Go on then. If you've got good, if you've got good comments, I want to hear them. I've got, a co- I've got a couple of comments that were left on our YouTube channel, and I've picked out two because they kind of... They, they balance either side, okay? So the first one comes courtesy of uh, Chaos Dragon, who is a regular listen- listener. Uh, and this is a bit wordy, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and speed through this as fast as I can. Unless you have every Pokemon and every option available in every single game, you were just rewarding those who, by birth, were around at the right time, and everyone else, I guess, just to off cookies. They suggest that you should put every available option in every single game and the ability to roll them with the stats they want. Otherwise, it's an investment slash commitment problem. But the moment any of that is missing, I have a huge problem calling it a fair sport with enough time and investment you can achieve greatness. It's just just simply not possible in any sort of reasonable time frame the way it's currently set up. And on okay. the opposite side, shall, shall I read out can, both? Can, no, 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 no. Can I respond to that one? You can. I, I had thoughts about that. I think that argument doesn't hold up as well today as it used to. Mm-hmm. And the difference is how Pokemon Home works with gifted Pokemon. So if you're going back years where you had, like, I'm pretty sure when uh, Wolfie won his championship, it was with a specific gifted Raichu that had a very specific move that could only be used if it was gifted kind of thing oh that's no longer the case you can't have these gifted pokemon brought up from black and white or previous generations have those moves on them they get replaced with standard moves in scarlet and violet for their level so i don't think having to be born in the right time like i i'd agree if if it was a case of like you had to be around to get these gifted pokemon or you had to be around to get these pokemon in black and white fine but there's nothing really available in the Scarlet and Violet meta or even the competitive scene at all that isn't available on the Switch games. So I, I, don't, I don't buy that argument quite as much. Financially, yes, it, it, it punishes people who can't financially buy six different games. But I don't think you had to be born at the right time. No, I think, I think you're right that that used to be a scenario and i will admit those that there is an argument to be made that the people that have been playing it longer therefore have access to the older games and they probably need to do less grinding and less time commitment because they they can already pull on this wealth of pokemon they've got doesn't necessarily okay, mil- they- mean it can build a good team though okay but they they invent they have the reward for having invested time previously mm-hmm. granted but it's easier to do that investment now than it ever was before. Yeah. So again, it just doesn't... I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you that we should have this showdown mechanic kind of thing. I just don't buy the argument. I I think... I think it's probably um, not the strongest argument you could put forward. I think there is valid criticism of the current model in there but i i completely take your point the barrier of entry has 
has been reduced every single generation and mm-hmm. it's getting easier and quicker to build a competitively viable team. I still think there are steps to go in order to do that. And I hope that is the case. And I really do hope that Gen 10 comes along and it does make it even simpler, even easier as possible. Like Sword and Shield, uh, the only um, competitive Pokemon I played was when there was uh, an event on where you could get the Galarian Birds shiny versions and you had to uh, battle in so many online battles. I don't think I won a single one of those battles because I had no Pokemon that was set up for competitive play, but I managed to do the bare minimum in order to, to get them. Scarlet and Violet is the first time that I've I've actually had a competitively viable team and competed. However, all those Pokemon, all those teams, I was looking online, finding rental codes and using them. And while I did enjoy being able to do that, the issue for me was okay there's little slight tweaks i want to do on these pokemon that i've i've rented for lack of a better word but you can't do that it's you get those pokemon exactly as they are and you can't make any tweaks so if i just wanted to tweak an item uh an ability um a move you can't do that and that's my frustration i don't want to take a pokemon raise it from scratch and invest all this time and commitment ideally what i want to do is cherry pick Pokemon that I like, that I think, oh, are viable, and then tweak them ever so slightly. But hey, maybe I'm not their target audience for competitive battling mm. because I'm not serious about it. I just It's something that I just want to delve into and experiment with. But the current barrier of entry for me is too high for that, if that makes sense. We've also had another comment, courtesy of uh, Mika Bryant, again, on YouTube. Uh, Jenners and cheaters and cheating always ruins the fun of competition. Cheaters are sleazebags and should be discouraged. The idea that people want to be the pinnacle of the competitive field, but they don't want to work to gain the results, get lost. You've already proved you don't deserve to be amongst the other competitors if you have that mindset. Grow up, smiley emoji. But I'd add that in there because they were being polite at the end. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, this is uh, what's hilarious is this is a similar argument I adopted during <laughs> our Devil's Advocate session. It was, where I just I went, forgot about that. I just yeah. went hard, um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I backtracked that as soon as that section was over because you know I don't think people are lazy and I don't think anything else. I do, as I say, if the competition rules are set, which they are. Yeah. and you want to compete in that competition at a worldwide level, then you play by the rules. Um, but it, it's it's two different arguments, and that's what I feel this discussion fails to address, is that people are, some people are like, those are the rules you should play by them, and if you don't play them by them, you're the worst, which I agree with. And then there's the argument of, maybe we shouldn't have those rules, though which i mm. also agree with so it's it's where yeah. where this discussion kind of breaks down for me because i see it from both sides and i think there's valid points on both sides and yet so much of this fan base is so rabid over it and, and i think like the 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 one of the great things i like about devil's advocate in this section we do is the fact that it, it isn't a spectrum it is black or white you yeah. you are on one of the two sides and I think in pretty much every single one we've done, at the end, we almost have a debrief of, yeah, it's somewhere between the two, maybe more leaning towards one of the two arguments, but it's not as simple as one of those two is right. I, I do agree that, you know, um, 
and we've discussed this in the past. Like if you, if you are um, modding, cheating in a single player experience, it doesn't affect anyone else. That's that's your choice. Crack it might not be enjoy. allowed. In, yeah, it might not be allowed in the rules, but that's your choice. If you want to risk that, risk it. The moment what you do impacts on other people then you really need to take a step back and go, that's not acceptable, actually, because you are impacting on someone else's enjoyment, time, whatever it might be. Um, and I think is, that... God, go on. Sorry, just to jump in there, there, I did see some really, like, tasteless takes on this as well, which was, really? um, I'm going to start attacking uh, modded Pokemon in raids. I'm going to purposely start wow. throwing raids to hit, like, Monforged Mon. And I'm just sitting there going, why? Why? Yeah. You're not punishing cheaters. What you're no. punishing is 12-year-olds who got shiny Pokemon through Wonder Trade. That's yeah. who you're punishing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's not, let's not blow this into more than it is. There's a, we can understand competitive Pokemon wanting to mm -hmm. be legitimate. We all want, or at least as far as I'm concerned, we want sports at the highest level to be legitimate. I mean, I've, I've made the analogy before many, many times. Either no one takes steroids or everyone takes steroids. That's the two <laughs> options. You know where I fall? <laughs> so let them go all out. Come on. Sure, do it. But that's, that, the, that's the thing. Either play by the rules or change the rules. And that's, that's yeah. the state we're at with Pokemon. Don't then start going out your way to just harass people online. Don't, yeah, don't do it. Especially that raid situation, because if that was me... I, I, A, I wouldn't be the person that's gender in a Pokemon. I wouldn't be the person attacking the person that's gender in the Pokemon. I would be one of the two other slots thinking, what is going on? And why, why? Because for me then, it's like, well, the person that gender in the Pokemon isn't the bad guy. The bad guy is actually the person that's, you know, taking it upon themselves to start attacking the one that has gender in the Pokemon. And the frustration, the frustration then, especially if you're in a really difficult raid, and again, raids are another thing where you you do need time commitment. There uh, is there is the point I was going to bring up. You need time commitment, and you're now wasting it. Yeah, exactly. And I have limited amount of time each each week, each month to invest in gaming. And there is a part of me that does want to create a, uh, and I have started this is is creating a team of Pokemon that can handle most of the high level raids, so that when a raid comes around, I'm like, okay, I've got a suitable Pokemon, I might be able to brute force it. But. I'm going to be so frustrated if, like, okay, I've done all that. I'm jumping into this raid to get this Mewtwo, for example, and two of the people just aren't playing ball. Because then it's just going to discourage people from using the raid system, which we've already said has its issues. Yeah. If so, you got, go on. Yeah, sorry. Just, I'm just going around in circles. Don't worry about it. Carry on. I'm sure. just frustrated. I'm just sure. frustrated. I want to. I want to make it clear. I'm already frustrated. That's why I open up with like where my week's been. I want you to know that when I go in hard on Poltergeist in a minute, it's because I'm already frustrated. This is why. This is why. If you've got a comment or a question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com by leaving it on our Discord channel or by using the hashtag goldenrodpod on. Twitter. Speaking of Poltergeist, um, let's jump into the big piece of news this week. Uh, the introduction of yet another new Pokemon for Scarlet and Violet's DLC, this time revealed in a YouTube video on the 22nd of August, entitled The Haunting Tale of Poltergeist. Now, this, this surprised me because I thought we might have moved away from these 
videos to promote new Pokemon that obviously had time and investment into them. And we're getting them yet again. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I really do enjoy these. But again, it goes back to the conversations we had before. Like, why, why, why is it this this particular Pokemon gets this beautifully crafted, amazing story, a backstory, and lore? Like, who's making these decisions? I have no idea. It seems to be the ghosts. Which is what I realized for Scarlet and Violet, because we had the Gimme Ghoul okay. one, which was phenomenal. If you remember, you had the Gimme Ghoul tale with the little girl opening the chest and things like that, and it yeah. was all done with shadow puppets. Yes. You had the um, Grievard story, yeah. where it was like running around. I don't know why, we just like the ghosts this generation. They get their own so. special introduction. That's Yeah, now that you mention it, that is true. I'm sure there's, there's, there must be one that isn't a ghost. Oh, the the long finger one, the poison one. Grafai, uh, uh, Grafai, yeah, yeah. So okay. here's the thing, right? So you you can probably break most of these down. Yeah. Gimme Ghoul was leading up to the 1,000 Pokemon. It evolved into the Pokemon 1,000. Yeah. So I can understand why they're kind of, and it's also kind of a fetch quest around the area. I can I can see why it that's makes got importance. Grafai. There's an entire area based around Grafii because you've got the painted trees. Yeah. Grievard. Included in one of the gyms. He's that's a DJ. The... He's a re- relevant DJ in the region. Yeah, that's um, the only link I can make there. I don't know. Maybe it's because, you know, he, he, was, he was one of the coolest ones to find in the wild because you just see the candle sticking up out of the ground. True. Yeah. So that's maybe... I can't see what Poltergeist has going for it, other than the fact that it's our first convergent evolution in Kitakami. Yes. Because it has nothing to do with Sinistee. They've, uh, that's what the website basically says. And unfortunately, it's going to be the Pokedex entries as well. It looks like Sinistee, but it's actually got nothing to do with it. Which is... I, I, this is one of my issues with these convergent evolutions is... Because they've got so much tying them to the previous Pokemon, but are nothing to do with them, that seems to be all the character they're given. Yeah. And it feels like wasted space, if that makes sense. Like, because this Poltergeist looks fun. It it looks like it's got a lot of character behind it. I love its lore. I love the fact that, like, it'll go around and use this, like, green goop to mend all these broken things. I, I like this the story that they give us of this really angry tea maker going no you must do this right and then that was just brewed into the tea effectively awesome yeah why did it have to be related to Sinistee in any way why couldn't we just have another tea pokemon well that's it they don't need to mention it and it's the same with wiglet like you, you by by mentioning it, you're drawing comparisons to the original Pokemon. And don't get me wrong, Wiglet's probably a bad example because of how closely it resembles Diglett. But it didn't have to be. Exactly. You, you, If you could still take a Garden Eel Pokemon and run with it. That, yeah. You didn't have to be look like Diglett in the slightest. Yeah. Because I'm like, because because we don't we've had Pokemon in the past that if they'd have been released now, they'd probably be, oh, it's a convergent Pokemon, but nothing was ever, like, made of it. 
Okay, have you got an example there? I haven't off the top of my head, to be I said that and I haven't. But I'm thinking like the various cat type Pokemon and the dog type Pokemon. If like you could argue, oh, some of them are quite similar. But the the like so what we got in, in instead was regional forms. Mm. But I don't get what why I don't get why we've got parallels running of regional and convergent when it's like you might as well just either do them regional or just not at all. Don't even mention the convergent. Like we've got two T Pokemon. And the thing that links them is the fact they are based off something to do with tea, a cup and a, a But it's a tea. not. That's the thing, because Sinisty is nothing to do with tea. It's more to do with the cups. Yeah, that's the point I was making with this, is like the, the yeah, book sorry. around the actual... Pottery. Pottery, yeah, rather than the actual tea element. But it, it, it's... I just don't see... I don't see why they... Because the design isn't even that close to Sinisty that I make that connection. No, the the only thing that's being made a connection of is the spiral that's on it. And it says on the website, like, ah, oh, they've both got that spiral, like you might have seen on Sinisty, except from in Sinisty, it's a weak point. So we know Poltergeist has nothing to do with it because it's not a weak point on that Pokemon. It's like, cool. Thanks. So, thanks so, for that. So, so why do I care? Yeah. And the official like, <laughs> artwork doesn't even have the swirl. Like on the, on the website, it's like here's the it, it, yeah it's it's oh no there is the, an image the with, swirls with the on swirl. the goop that yes. comes out of it yes yes um, but you could have just not had that swirl and then it's got nothing to do with Paul yeah. with Sinisty. it's uh, I, I, yeah it, it's it's a strange thing to add because I I because everything else about this I really like I like I like the video I like the law I like the design. Um, I love the fact that it's got that. Um, is it? Uh, I've got it written down here somewhere. K- Kintsugi, the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery, and we've seen that in a couple of oh, okay. like Loki has it, where you basically take something that's broken, you merge it together, and then seal it with a color, and then it becomes art. And typically in in Japan, it's it's golden. So yes, it's- uh, you have a lot of uh, gold in uh, Japan and China, I think. As okay, um, and, and like. I love everything about this design, this Pokemon, the video, the introduction. It has its, you know, its own personality and life and lore, and it, it is a ghost type Pokemon that feels like it should be genuinely. You should be genuinely scared of it because we see it, and mistake me if I'm wrong. In this video, we see it murder a town full of children. Correct. Yes. Yeah, we up. do. D- although, although, did you notice that they they all make. <sighs> as if they're going to sleep. Sleep. It's like, no, you just told me that all these people just had their life essence taken. They're now dead. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Can't they tell me to... that and then cover up with, <gasps> oh, it's okay. Fine. They're just, <laughs> so sleep. there's, they're just there's a running joke within the, the Dragon Ball community because obviously, like, Dragon Ball, everybody dies. It's fine. Yeah. And they've got a thing of, like, when they blow up helicopters and things, it's like, cut away from it. It's okay. I can see their parachutes. <laughs> but only in the dub. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. <laughs> that isn't where I thought you were going to go with that, but I, abs- I absolutely <laughs> love that they have to include that. Oh no, they blew up the cargo <laughs> drone. <laughs> they just decimated the entire city. Thankfully, it was the weekend and no one was at work. <laughs> they were all on holiday. <laughs> they were all so on it's holiday. Fine. <laughs> it's absolutely, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, like I, I just, I just don't understand that this, this. Because the regional forms, I felt like, were made a big... They, they were a big thing in, in Sun and Moon. And what I mm-hmm. liked about the regional forms is they were 
they were distinct enough that you could go, okay, I know that it's linked to the original, but because of you know whatever's happened in that that Pokemon's um, where it lives, it's had to change the way it, it itself is. You know the elements and, and the typings and all that in order to survive and thrive. Completely understand that. Love the regional forms, but the maybe 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 where they've gone wrong with the convergent forms is they haven't gone enough into it, and it just seems to be a passing mark that they just add to a handful of Pokemon. Just is almost a get out of jail free clause of okay, we don't want loads of questions. We're just going to say it's convergent. Don't ask us anything more. We'll we'll have a passing mention in the Pokedex, which feels like a really weak way to do it. Because like the Wiglet example, I'd love to know more about okay, how how has it ended up looking so similar to the Diglett evolution line despite being in a completely different region? Like what what were the things that that bought it to de- to develop in the way that it did and we don't get that we just get no. a passing passing reference i guess that's where my frustration lies well it's like you look at the other one so we got toad school and toad school as well yeah why do they look like jellyfish like to what yeah. end yeah like why what, aren't they what regional is the benefit forms? of doing that yeah because that it, it, the problem with regional or sorry the great thing about regional variants is you can see where the Pokemon started and then it evolved over a long or short period of time it adapted to its environment and you can see that you can go right that's 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 the change that needs to occur that's why it occurred there it is whereas these it's like ah well they both happen to develop the same traits for separate reasons it's like but you're not giving me enough as to why this developed the same trait and when we bring yeah. back to poltergeist you know synesty has this weak point and then we're just told that this it's not a weak point on poltergeist so what's why is it there yeah why, it, why do you it, need it's to, only yeah. there to make it link to synesty which is not an in-world explanation and therefore doesn't work for me yeah which is I really upsetting because I, I like the design i like the design of this pokemon it's a, it's a it's a fair it is really a, a fair point. Let, let's move on to a little bit more information about the actual Pokemon. Um, so unlike Sinistee, uh, which is a pure ghost type, this is a grass and ghost type. Which for when I heard that when I read it, sorry, I was like, why? But then then it clicked in like, oh yeah, tea. You drink tea. Tea, tea comes from plants. Yeah, okay, right, grass. I I get it. It just really threw me for a moment because. In my head, the only thing I was thinking was, is it because it's partly green? <laughs> like my brain just struggled to process it for the the briefest of of moments. Um, what's what's this what's this tool that it's holding? By the way, do you know what it's, it is? It's it's like a spoon, effectively. Okay, right. Oh. It's both a spoon and a stirrer. Okay, I'm glad they didn't actually just go with a spoon then. Because I yep. think that would have hurt the design. I think the design is 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 really and it kind of really looks good. more like a wand. He's kind of like a wizard. He's got his little hat on. It's it's a cool design. It just it is really, anyway. It doesn't matter. Sorry. It is a, it is a really cool design. And what I love about this is just just how weird it looks. Mm-hmm. Like I I and. You know, because there's an argument to be made that, yeah, and I've read it online that you know, Generation One it is predominantly just, it's just animals. It's just animals that exist in the real art, real world with li- little tiny things that have changed. And 
the the benefit of that is it's easy to just engage with that because you can imagine yourself with these creatures but the the downside is okay they're not maybe striking they're not strong designs and they don't stand out and they don't transport when you play a video game you want to be transported away from from the real world for the most part and you struggle sometimes with that if you see a pigeon a ratata what i love about this design is like it does take you away you you fully feel like you're immersed in a completely different world with weird fantastical creatures and i think the design really helps with that especially those eyes those eyes are so weird um how they're just like almost painted on white circles absolutely mm-hmm. love that um and i don't know if you've noticed it seems to be crying whereas sinisty always has a smile on its face oh okay i hadn't noticed the no crying. um so it's so it's got on the on the official artwork it's got the two eyes and then at the yeah. bottom it looks like mascara yeah, running no i see it so unlike sinisty that potentially maybe feels happy about its, its existence maybe this one feels quite negatively but again, so, these were, these are all things that should be like, tell us more, tell us about the lore of these. But if you're not going to tell us much about the lore about these Pokemon in the games outside of Pokedex entries, give us even more in these in these videos. Here's the thing. I think they've missed an opportunity here. I think this should have been a split evolution line. Mm? I think, and, and right. So here, here's my thinking. Okay. We should have the spiral ghost Pokemon which is just the ghost that inhabits these pottery. Yeah. Or in this case, the match tea and the pottery. So you've got the ghost and then the ghost can go inside the match teapot and become poltergeist. Uh, or it can go inside the teacup, become sinisty and evolve into, um, what's the evolved form called? God, there's so many Pokemon now. I'm starting to forget names. Poltergeist. Yeah. But, and here's the great part. If you have a Sinisty in your party and a Poltergeist, yep. the Poltergeist, because to evolve Sinisty into Poltergeist, you have to give it a cracked pot or That's a chipped it. pot. Yeah. But Poltergeist, pul- uh, yeah. this is why these names are annoying as well. <laughs> Poltergeist will fill in the holes in these cracked pots and these chipped pots. So it will cause Sinisty to evolve into a different Pokemon than Poltegeist. Yeah. Random think, thoughts. I, no, I think there is a miss trick here. I really do feel like... And you tie that in with the lore of the, the ghost-type Pokemon that inhibits these Pokemon. Like, the reason it's ha- Sinisty is happy is because its owner, despite having a chip, took care of that cup, didn't throw it out after it was used, and therefore it's you know it's a well-loved Pokemon, it loves its owner. And then on the flip side that you have Poltergeist is, oh, I was in this mug, it got broke, and the owner just decided to throw away. So I took it upon myself to care for this, and that's why I'm an angry, vengeful spirit, is because of that. And we get that a little bit in, in the video, but I feel like... Like say it it should have been a split evolution. You, you're absolutely right. We could have had basically the go- the ghost version of Rotom because Rotom has its different forms based on yeah. the 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 uh, what appliance it's in, whether or not it's you know a fridge, a fan, like all these amazing little little things. And we could have had something really unique with this. 
I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we'd had baby forms either, which is all we're asking. We're asking for a baby geist form. Good point, yes. I just, and, that, and that's not to say we won't get it, but the fact that everything we have so far says that Poltergeist has nothing to do with Sinistee or Poltergeist kind of implies to me that they're not looking at going down that route. I don't think they are. I, I honestly do not think that they are, and which is fine. Like if they don't want to go down that route, absolutely fine. But then just cut all those links. You don't need any of those links, and, and it's just really, really bizarre. Let's look at some of the actual information on the uh, the Pokemon website. Um, so this is what what you were saying, though though ecologically similar to Sinistee, it's a completely different polter- poltergeist. Uh, Poltergeist has a swirl pattern similar to the one that's known to, to be Sinistee's weak point, like you said, what? However, one thing that sets these species apart is that Poltergeist swirl is not its weak point, which again makes no, like how, how, was, how was the swirl a weak part? Anyway uh, after Target is sprinkled with some of Poltergeist's powdery body or eats food dusted with it, Poltergeist drains their life force and absorbs it as energy now that is the part I'm fascinated about. I love Which is kind of cool because we do get a bit of in-world lore that in Kitakami, where Poltergeist is known to be about, Matcha is straight out banned. Like we don't we don't flavor anything with Matcha. We don't have Matcha. Here. Really? Yeah. Oh, wait. Sorry. Where's Where's that information being released? Have I, I missed can't that? Remember? I think it was in the trailer, maybe. Okay. But yeah, oh, no. I, Ma- I love Matcha that. is banned in Kitakami. Oh, so I'm hoping then that we do. Maybe that's why we get the video for this because there's going to be a lot of lore around it, some lore around this some in lore. the game. Yeah, I love how I corrected myself. I was like, lots of lore. No way. I know the developer. I know what I'm dealing with here. Yes. Yeah, so there's going to be a, a throwaway line, maybe, maybe two. Um, there's a bit more information on on the website as well. It lives in old houses and may even patch up broken tableware. Poltergeist has a liking for old houses and may make it home in them by day it remains still in cool dark places but once the sun sets it begins to prowl around towns and their outskirts it sometimes mends cracked or broken things in homes where it's taking up residence poltergeist may even take it upon itself to repair broken tableware and other objects if there isn't a side story slash exploration around this pokemon based on that law don't set yourself up for it don't, I don't am, do it. <laughs> and I'm going to be disappointed. But, like, you could so have this of, oh, there's a, you know what, we know there's one in the town somewhere because I found this this pot that's been repaired. Do you think it helped track it down? And then you are literally having to go in and out of houses to go, okay, right, I'm looking for a table that, that looks pretty much perfect, except for there's a little crack on it with that green filling in you're like oh i'm getting closer oh i'm getting even closer and then you actually stumble upon it in the act and that's when you fight it and try to capture it yeah possibly i'd love that. i will say as far as side quests and my hope for this uh dlc is concerned there's actually a second video of poltergeist on the website which is we just see it in the okay. wild and it infuriated me why no i because, haven't seen but, this no, no 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 right so the start of it you're all down low in the grass and you're sneaking up on it almost like everything i've been asking for from these games and it looks like you're gonna sneak up on it you're gonna see it in the wild you're gonna see what it does what does it do don't do anything don't do anything oh. it just floats there oh 
<laughs> just floats oh. there. And then we see it do its attack animation. We see it do its idle ah! animation. If you weren't watching on YouTube, I basically just threw my hands in the air because that's all it does. You all knew what it did the moment I made that noise. And then we see it interact with Sinistee, but we both know that that's only within the picnics. And that's a complete <sighs> random thing that's going to happen. I just... I. I See, it just like, frustrate me because I was like, "Oh, give me hope, give me hope." No, no, yep, no, yep. no. See the the sneaking up mechanic, like it it worked in the Legends Arceus trailers because you knew what you got up to into if it spotted you or it broke out of the Pokeball. I.e., oh yeah, this this little kid is trying to catch me. Oh, I'm not having none of that. I'm going to start charging. Out. I'm going to start powering up my attacks. It works. The the sneaking mechanic doesn't work in this game because. What's the benefit of it? It it doesn't. I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but like, why even include it in the trailer if it just leads to people like us thinking, yeah, it doesn't. Like, there's no benefit to showing that. There's no. At least in older games where, you know, you couldn't necessarily see. So, for instance, I think Oras was one of the first ones to include sneaking, and it was a case if you'd see a tail popping up. And it'd be like, okay, that's a very specific Pokemon that's going to run away before I get to it, yeah. unless I sneak up on it. And I guess that's what they tried to go for here, but it doesn't work in an open world environment where it's, well, hang on, let me just jump on my dragon and chase you down at a million miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's just, who sneaks? Do you yeah. sneak? Do you sneak in Scarlet and Violet? Let us know. No, Because so you the, don't. Uh- you don't. The only time you you're absolutely right. The only time you crouch in that game is when you need to evolve one of the Pokemon that requires a certain number of steps because the Pokemon doesn't go back into the Pokeball while you are crouching. That's the, funny. That's the only I didn't time. Know that. It's the only and the only reason I know that is because of my frustration of there are certain Pokemon. It's like walk a thousand steps, mm-hmm. and you think, well, is that a thousand steps unbroken? Is it a thousand steps overall? So the easiest thing to do is just play it safe and just crouch, go into a town, and just literally just hold the joystick while you're doing other things. What um, enjoyable gameplay we have uh, come it's across. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. It does have a new ability, though. Hospitality. Poltergeist ability, Hospitality, is being introduced. I don't know why I'm reading that when we know. Uh, when a Pokemon with this ability enters a battle, it showers its ally with Hospitality, restoring a small amount of the ally's HP. I do like I do like this, and it's amazing that we've not had something similar already. Now that it's brought up, because we've had a number of you know Pokemon that heal others, like Chansey, for example, they're known for healing others, and yet it's only now. Like actually, this now is, this I- is this is ally based regenerator. Yeah, but the more I'm thinking about this now, like, do, do you think this ability matches the Pokemon description? And what no, we've seen it saps it? life. Everything yeah. we know about it is it saps life. Why would it help its allies? Yeah, like suddenly, like when when I read when I read this the first time, I was like, oh, that's a really unique ability. I'd love to see that in play. But only now that I've read it out loud and, and we're talking about it, I'm suddenly thinking this ability just does not suit this Pokemon. It, no, I don't get it. Like it it feels almost like a it should almost be the opposite of you throw out this Pokemon and it will sap some of the life of your ally Pokemon, but it gets a boost by doing it. Maybe it's a mm. boost based on its high stat or an item that it's holding, a berry that's up, whatever it might be. It feels like the 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 ability should be flipped almost. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying. We're gonna have to wait and see, but 
Ken, I worry that this is as much exploration as this Pokemon's going to get. So, yeah. Yeah, which is a a shame because uh, we've spoken about this before. The, the, The marketing of new Pokemon, while it is hit and miss, when they do it well... They they do it well. It's and you phenomenal. Get these... The actual video yeah. is phenomenal. Agreed. If you haven't watched it, you should go and watch it because it is absolutely beautiful. It blends like real life video with this kind of I don't know, like chalk illustration almost, and it's got good humor in it as well. Um, you know, Sinisty, uh, sorry, uh, Poltergeist when it suddenly springs to life and it starts repairing things and it starts by oh it re- repairs a cracked phone screen which we've all experienced at one point or another but then it goes off the, off the deep end of yeah it decided to seal up power outlets and car lights it's like wait what it's just the humor in it is absolutely phenomenal and i just wish they'd bring a lot more of this life to it's what we've been saying bring this these pokemon what they feel like real creatures to the games don't don't leave it for somebody to have to watch on on video but do you think? We, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I think, and then I want to see if mm-hmm. you think the same. So obviously, leading up to Scarlet and Violet, we got a load of drops. We got into almost that weekly cycle of news of here's new Pokemon introduced, here's a new video introduced. Do you think we are now into that cycle for Scarlet and Violet, and we're going to be getting a load more video content up to and just after its release? I mean, what this is out in September. I am going in front of me. November okay. might be November. I'm I'm googling it. I'm doing a Connie. That's what. I'm yeah, doing. you you've got to check. I'll stall for you. Um, I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because this was <laughs> this was pitched as a huge reveal. Um, at Pokemon Worlds because there was a bunch of people who uh, a bunch of influencers who went to Pokemon Worlds got given a gift saying. 22nd of August, 22nd of August, you've got to wait, 22nd of August, this is a big one. And I get it, because they produced a really cool video, but we got one Pokemon revealed, and that was the, the, that, that was super hype. We had, to, we had to let you know in advance that we were getting one Pokemon. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Um, and, I'm, and I'm not saying I need the whole game revealed to me. I just, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. <laughs> Do not, okay. I want a reason to buy it, is what I want. <laughs> okay, well, it, hopefully they have enough re- reasons that they'll give you, because it releases, the first part of the DLC releases on 13th September, so we've got about three weeks. Wow. So oh, okay. I, so, so maybe, maybe then, in that case, maybe I, we'll get another two or three announcements leading up to that. I think we will. I think we're now going to get more videos about the DLC, the Pokemon, and what is coming out to try and build the hype. And now that I've spot now that I, I fell foul of that for Scarlet and Violet's release and I feel like I can spot it. And I really do think that it's like, okay, what can we do to hype people up? Okay, we maybe not maybe we don't have enough um maybe the game core game in the DLC isn't strong enough, but what is strong is the lore that we can not retroact well, it is kind of retroactive because the game's in development and then they do the videos. And it's almost like Okay, right. Let's let's pick out a couple of the new Pokemon we're introducing that we could potentially give really good backstory to. Let's create some videos to hype up those Pokemon, which in turn makes people go, "Oh, I want to buy this game so I can get this this brand new Pokemon." So I think I think we're going to be getting more over the next couple of weeks. 
yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, we're still waiting to see what the loyal trio and Ogapon's typings are. We haven't had that yet. We don't really know what their story is going to be, although I don't necessarily need much of the story. I think we've had enough of that revealed to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like to know, like, how what is this festival going to look like? Pitch me the festival. If I'm if I'm out in this city for a festival, I want to know it's a good. I want to know what I want to know what happens. What do I do at this festival? Six tents, three people, and two side quests. And if and if that's it, let me know so I don't go yeah, buy the game. Yeah, you know, exactly. The, yeah, <laughs> tell me what I'm gonna get. Yeah. Oh, if, were we <laughs> making? Who, who was I talking with recently? Where I think there was like Boomtown, which is a festival here in the UK, decided not to release their their lineup for a Brave. year, and okay. I was like, I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of how I feel about this. It's like if, if there's a festival going on, let me know what I'm gonna do. What, uh, what is there to do at this festival? I have to know. I remember I used to go to Leeds Festival back in the day, and I went three years on the trot, and it was the same thing of tickets are on sale, but we're not Here's announcing... Here's your headliners. Well, sometimes it wasn't even the headliners. Sometimes, oh, okay. sometimes it was literally you're buying a ticket and you had to look at the rumours, and most of the time the rumours were pretty much spot on. But there's still that frustration of... But you were getting early bird ticket price. You were, which is... God, is, here you go. There's an argument for you. Would you agree mm. with pre-ordering if you could pre-order cheaper? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I would. I, I would, because there's there's a benefit to you and there's a benefit to the company. Yeah, and you if- get more money now, which you can invest into the game. Yep. I get the game at a cheaper price because if it still comes out and isn't great, then I've still got the game. Hmm, yeah, interesting. I, d- that- I don't, I don't know the long and short of that one, but it's just it, a random thought that came to my mind. It would be really interesting because, like, the the idea of pre-ordering kind of trailed off because it was a case of you can pre-order this game. Okay, what do I get with it? Absolutely nothing. You just pre-order it. Well, then, no. Why would I? Why would I pre-order? I can just go down the shops on the day of release if I want to. And then there was the issues with. You buy a game in advance, but then you actually get it later than people that just rock up and buy it on the day because, you know, Amazon or whoever you were buying it from dispatches it the day before release. Yep. Knowing that they're safe because you won't accidentally get a a copy beforehand. But then we kind of cycle back to there is an advantage of, oh, you pre-ordered a game. Okay, well, that's great. Well, you can pre-install it on your Switch or whatever console you've got so that on launch day the time hits, it's like, I'm playing this, I don't need to go out and buy the game, I don't need to install it, I've I've already got it. But I feel like th- there's a the value of I get it cheaper for getting something that I was already going to get is enough of a benefit for some people that they would do it. And like I said, there's a benefit to the company of Okay, right. We already know tracking wise how much we think we'll we'll make because we've already got figures, i.e., the amount of people that have pre-ordered it and therefore invested money early. That then that's that's like great news for them to roll out of. You know, Gen Ten's coming out. We've already had a hundred thousand people pre-order it. Like then you feel like you're missing out. Like wow, all these people are already buying it. Okay, right. I bet I better pre-order it or I better go out and buy it on on day one, and. That speaks signals for the company because they can. It, it's it's a sign of 
confidence in that company and the games they're releasing as well. It, like, I, I feel sorry. I know I'm. I know I'm going off on like a massive tangent here, but it feels like we could do an entire if we would like a yeah. A no, gaming... it was it was a random thought that is actually a discussion topic. It really the idea is... of early bird purchase rather than pre-ordering. Yeah, I love because you're I... buying into the franchise the same as you buy into a festival's history. You buy into an artist's history. It's a case of I know I'm going to like it to an extent that I'm happy to put money towards it. Yeah. So I will put m- less money towards it, not knowing exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah, and there are certain companies that that wouldn't even need to do it, like uh, like um, Rock, uh, Rockstar is it with the mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto series? Like they know their next release is going to sell an absolute shed load. They don't need to no, do that. No, but they imagine can... if they do early bird purchases now. Oh yeah, like a year. Oh, by the out. way, guys, the game's not coming out for five years, but you can buy it now. Yeah, for eighty percent of the price, people mm-hmm. would jump on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> people oh, yeah, would they, jump on it. They definitely would. And I think like as, as a company. Like obviously, your your company lives on. Okay, th- this is the outgoings, expenditure, and and the income that we've get. And for gaming companies, my understanding from from the limited amount that I've read is like it can be difficult for them because obviously you get that one year where on launch year where it's like a massive profit increase, but then the following years you're actually taking a deficit because you're not releasing games because you're in the development cycle and how much you're getting from purchases is less because the game's not new so you know the the um the marketing probably isn't as strong the games typically come down in price because you know you want to get as many people on board over time and for some people you do that by reducing the the cost of the game but here's the thing not nintendo games nintendo games never come down in price which means if you do this you become the only gaming franchise to be able to go no we actually increase in value as we as we that's not a bad shout actually you pre-order your game, but would it be physical or digital only? Because physical, there's there's that risk. Uh, of- all right, oh no, 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 that's a fair point, and I would, I would argue that it's digital only because yeah. you're cutting out the costs that are a the physical copies themselves, and b we're cutting out the money put towards pre-order bonuses. Yeah. We're scrapping that completely. We don't do pre-order bonuses anymore. You're getting the game cheaper because you bought it early, and I think that that's I- your benefit. Yeah. And I think that works well because the, the there's a reason why the cost of physical and digital are so closely aligned. Because in realistically, the cost of digital games should be less because there's no uh, distribution. Value. Value. Yeah, there's no resale value, but there's no distribution, so you don't have to pay mm-hmm. for the packaging of the cart uh, for the cart, the packaging of the of the um, actual game, shipping it out to a retailer who then sells it on. Like you cut out the middleman completely. So the game should technically be less for a. I mean that, that was the point of Steam. Realistically, it was. was like we're all digital. That means we can give you stupidly low prices. Yeah. But for the for games consoles, it hasn't gotten there yet. And the reason why is because the gaming companies and the um, the actual game um, console um, companies they they realize that not everyone is online or necessarily has good internet connection and they still need to make sure that they can get games out physically via these you know game used to be game station uh mm-hmm. like your, your typical retailers like argos and stuff and like that rest of it, yeah. yeah exactly um but this kind of feels like a way to circumvent that as well in terms of okay yeah maybe because the, the what they didn't want to do for what I've read on, I think IGN back in the days, they didn't want to push too hard on hard on digital, and then 
digital games are less because then these retailers suffer, which in turn makes them suffer because they've they've cut out a middleman, which is why the prices of between physical and digital there isn't a big gap between them as there probably should do. This feels like a nice way around that that also doesn't hurt the retailer. Yeah. I, I, like this is like a, an amazing just like thought experiment. I absolutely absolutely love that. And I think if we could do this, I probably would pre-order more games. I definitely would have pre-ordered Scarlet and Violet if it was slightly cheaper. I mean, again, if you could turn around to me and go, you know, would you have ordered the DLC a month ago for 20 quid or would you wait for it to come out and pay 30 quid for it that's a different question yes that's a different question to what i i'm currently being offered which is pay 30 quid for it now and not know what you're going to get or wait to hear and then decide whether you want to pay that money it's risk versus reward because 20 quid okay maybe maybe it's not as much it's a 33 percent cut but you're willing to take that risk because Okay, you're I'm gonna get not... so many more conversions from people who are on the fence. Yes, yeah, because it's like, oh, I was on the fence. Like, say, I'm on the fence about that. Thirty's a bit steep. Oh, right. Oh, there's there's this offer on. I'm I was on the fence, and now I'm over the fence because I've realised, you know, what I found my biting value of twenty quid, whatever whatever that pre order, um, uh, uh, that early bird is. I, yeah, amazing that we don't already do this. And I guess we we kind of do with some games that are in like on on Steam, for example, Alpha and Beta. Games. Yes, where there's no guarantee that game is ever going to to become a a live game. Funding could be pulled at any point. You you are taking a massive risk. However, like you've you've potentially gotten a AAA game for twenty twenty five pound, and when it goes live, it's going to be thirty to forty pound because you've invested early and there are benefits of that. Um maybe we just need to see that more on console. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting thought. Anyway, back to Pokemon. <laughs> well, back to Devil's <laughs> Advocate or into Devil's Advocate where this week we're going to be arguing Game Freak should leave old Pokemon alone. And just to to preface this, what we're talking about here are regional paradox megas and uh well they've one conviction Convergent. I've got conversion uh, down. So convergent Pokemon. Connor is arguing that they shouldn't leave them alone. So in other words, they should do more of these. I'm going to be arguing that they shouldn't do more of them. Would so, you like me to go first? I would like you to go first. If you that's, realize that's that absolutely you, fair. Yeah, yeah, you've definitely got the more hard okay. or the more <laughs> difficult one, at least from where our starting point is. Agreed. Inevitably, we'll end up someone in the middle. But for right now, of course, they should do more of these. How how many old Pokemon are just sat there wasting away, completely forgotten, and really could do with a new breath of life? You know, nobody, nobody cared for, um, I was going to say Tauros. People like Tauros, but like new Tauros is definitely better than old Tauros. I'm, I'm now going to look up like Sandslash. Sandslash. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares for Sandslash. I'm not saying it's nobody's favorite. Of course, it's somebody's favorite, but I'm not being funny. The ice steel type really like changed it up a lot, gave it something fun to look forward to. Kangaskhan had kind of died off. We give it a mega evolution. Suddenly, it's one of the most heavy hitters in the entire franchise. Giving old Pokemon new forms 
just breathes new life into old Pokemon. I mean, we, even if you look at Archaludon, I still hate that name, but we've now got Archaludon coming out. And people are less excited for that Pokemon than they are for the possibilities it offers Duraludon by being able to hold the Eviolite. And it's not the only one that's done it. I mean, you look at Paragon, Paragon 2, and Paragon Z. Paragon 2 with Eviolite is fantastic. Chansey got an evolution. Chansey with Eviolite is fantastic. It opens up new ways to play with old Pokemon. And I think it would be a miss to sort of take that away. Okay. Very, yeah. very, very strong opening opening arguments, and I've got to somehow come up with that, and that is exactly what I'm going to do right now. So, you're absolutely right that there are certain Pokemon that just got absolutely no love back in the day, and like Rattata and Raticate, who, who they, they were, chances are, nobody's favourite, and Rattata and then Raticate got a new lease of life in um, Sun and Moon. But the reason I'm bringing them up is because outside of a slight typing change and a color change. Are they still anyone's favorite? Do people care about these new Pokemon? I'd argue that while, yes, it does give a breath of, of fresh air to old overlooked Pokemon, unfortunately, they're, real, they're not all hits. There's a lot of misses as well. And instead of doing that, why don't you just create brand new Pokemon with brand new lore that isn't literally, for some of the Pokemon, just a palette swap? Um, where they have done it right, they've done it right with completely changing a Pokemon's design. Um, but then you have the weaker ones, for example, Alolan Executor, which is literally just, okay, we're going to change the typing slightly and just make it really tall. And I think the issue there is that outside of a Pokedex entry, what does it add to the franchise? It doesn't add anything from a lore perspective. Or oh, it doesn't I disagree. Add it in you a, in you picked depth. the wrong Pokemon I, for that I, one, I, sir. I did, did because that. <laughs> Alolan Executor is the original Executor, at least according to those in Alola. Because oh. Alolan Executor should grow like a palm tree towards the sky. And it's only when it gets taken over to other nations like Kanto, where the sun is not as bright as it is in Alola, that it has a stunted growth. That's fantastic lore because it teaches us not, not, not just about the new Pokemon introduced, but it teaches us more about the old Pokemon. And that's great. If we can add one Pokemon that doesn't just benefit itself, but benefits the old Pokemon as well, great. Very good argument. Well, that kind of brings up an issue of, I think, inconsistency of lore, where, and we've seen this uh, with evolutions of Pokemon, where, and, 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 you get a Pokemon introduced in an early generation, and then you hear nothing about this Pokemon until several generations later, and suddenly it's got an evolution, and it just feels very messy. Like, where where's this Pokemon been all this time? Like, we suddenly, a, a, a giraffe rig in Paldea can learn a move that it can't in a different different um region like what why is that why can it suddenly like we've got dunsparce and and all these extra pokemon that suddenly can learn this extra move that they couldn't in their region which i'm fine from a gameplay perspective i understand that but where's the lore around that it just feels like yeah but this is this is the same as the same as fairies they've always existed just not in the universes you've played in up till now but this just feels like them just cherry picking ways to get around. Like, oh, let's just put, let's add multiverse to it, rather than coming up with okay, 
we're going to introduce regionals. We're going to introduce paradox. We're going to introduce mega Pokemon. Come up with an in-depth story narrative around those Pokemon, rather than just passing NPC comments and Pokedex entries. So what you're selling me is it's not cool enough that Primate literally punches itself to death out of anger. <laughs> like oh, we needed more. We need more than that. That's not good enough. I think we do. I, th- I think, unfortunately, we do. They, I think with a lot of these regional Paradox Mega and, and Convergent Pokemon, they come up with a cool design and then work backwards rather than looking at the Pokemon we have and go, okay, based on the new region we're in, what are why, why have they developed this, this way? And marrying up what the Pokedex entry says with what we see on screen, and we don't always get that. Like, the Sun and the Lowly, being stronger than in Kanto, okay, I can get behind that. And to be fair, Connor, that is an absolutely amazing ent- uh, Pokedex like piece of lore, and I absolutely love that. But we don't see that in the games. Like, so what we're just relying on Pokedex entries for these regional Pokemon. I mean, if we're going to start picking apart the fact that we have to use Pokedex entries to get lore for Pokemon, is you just throw the whole franchise <laughs> <Yeah>. out? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the, the thing you've got, the, the problem you've got with this argument is you're not just throwing out regional forms. Yeah. You're throwing out megas. Yeah. Which, which you're, everyone you're, loves. You're fighting a losing battle there. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. uh, do you know what? Megas, I will actually agree with you. It's, it's people going, oh, this would be a cool design for that Pokemon. It's a shame we never got to do that back then. What's stopping us from doing it now? What? It's almost like Pokemon What If. Mm-hmm. And if you have a look at, you know, Twitter, uh, I don't know if DeviantArt is still a thing, but Instagram, all these places where these artists get to just go wild with these thoughts. One of the coolest ones I've been seeing recently is um, a Battle Bond Pokemon. People going, oh, well, we only got Ash Greninja. What if we got more than that? What if we got Jesse's Arbok? What if we got Koga's Crobat? What if we got Sabrina's Alakazam? fantastic ideas the fact that pokemon as a franchise has this ability to capture our imaginations and let us run with it why should we punish them for doing the same why should we punish them for going i see what they did there 25 years ago i want to have a shot at it i'll i want to i want to I, I want my version yeah don't punish creativity <laughs> i think we should do closing arguments because i don't think i've got one <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really difficult one to to argue unfortunately no that's I think, fair I, and i think that okay uh i tell you what what we normally do is we we almost do a debrief of somewhere in the middle and i think that my argument is going to rely on yeah i i do agree that like we have had some really strong designs across the the board for these Pokemon, whether or not the regional Paradox Megas um, Convergence. But for maybe every five or six, actually probably nine or ten strong ones, you get that one that's just, okay, what what was the point in that? And I think that, unfortunately, Game Freak probably, for better or worse, sometimes I think they, they have a nasty habit of, instead of... Instead of looking at what they've created and then going, okay, we're just going to release these ones because these are the ones we're strong with. It almost feels like sometimes it's like, these are all the ones that we've done. Let's throw them all out there. And unfortunately, that means that some Pokemon slip through that that should have been left alone. Um, 
that maybe don't add that much. Like Kangaskhan, for example, great, breaks the meta, love the design that the baby takes part, but is a mega, is a design? Unfortunately, it's, I think it's a little bit lazy. And there are other examples of, of that, and you're going to ask me for these examples. I know you're going to ask me for no, these I, examples. I, I, it's fine. <laughs> but, there, but there are other examples, and I feel like, should they leave old Pokemon alone? No. Should they leave... Should they maybe be a bit more bit more what's the word i'm looking for put more of a filter on the ones that come through absolutely and that's fair there's no reason to kind of swap size to help you out a little bit here (laughs) there's no reason we should have mega gardevoir mega Gallade, and iron valiant yeah there's no reason we should have mega salamance and roaring moon there's no reason that Meowth should have three freaking... Three regional forms, a G-Max form. G-Max form. Like, there's no need for it. It's, these yeah. aren't unloved Pokemon. These aren't Pokemon that don't... Maybe they don't see competitive play, but it's not that nobody's a fan of them. And I think that's where the argument of like, oh yeah, show love to older Pokemon kind of breaks down because a lot of these Pokemon were already loved. The fact that Pikachu got a G-Max form as much yeah. as I like it, as much as I'm happy to see my chubby boy back. Yeah. yeah. Didn't need that, did it? No. You know, so... And, and the worst thing is, as much as I can say G-Maxes are fun and Megas are fun, they're done. Yeah. We seem to have been... We've, we've done away with them. We're certainly not getting any new ones anytime soon. So what does that leave us with? Regional forums and new convergent forums. And the reason I didn't bring up any convergent forms is because they're not good. I don't like Wiglet. I just don't, I just don't like Wiglet. I think Toad Scroll's kind of cool in its own way, but I hate that it's connected to Tentacruel at all. Same as uh, Poltergeist. It should have had a different name. That's really frustrating. Yeah. It's a really cool Pokemon. I like its lore. I hate that it's connected to poltergeist if that connection makes the pokemon worse not better and we saw one regional form in paldea it was whooper and clodzire and i like it i like it because we got to see what happens when whooper is taken out of its element but we got one that's not really enough to say like oh yeah this is definitely something we should keep doing if it's a case of we had one good idea and this was it, and these are the other ideas we want to now start bringing in. Yeah, I think I'd I'd rather say leave it alone if conversion evolution is the way you want to start taking it. Yeah, agreed. It feels like Megas, great. Absolutely love them, but I will admit as I've as I've moved on for the generations, had its time. Paradox Pokemon Evolution Evolutions to all Pokemon should definitely keep being a thing. Agreed. Uh, I do think that that is a way to breathe life into Pokemon that would definitely overlooked. And I think some of the designs like um, uh, Farafarig, Farigaraf, I absolutely love its design. I think it's a really clever design of, okay, we always knew its tail was like the, its own little thing. And now it feels like it's a, it's a good evolution. But then we also got, Dundun Sparse, which I know is a meta joke at this point, but design wise, it's not a good one. <laughs> it's not a good one. No, exactly. <laughs> like the, the, the and this is the the problem is that for every handful of good ones that you you do get, like 
prime apes, uh, you know, annihilate. Absolutely fantastic design, fantastic, you know, um, typing and the the way that you level up it allow evolve it it allows you to be creative with the ways that you evolve which i really do like um then you get unfortunately the ones that are overlooked and the example that you gave that you gave i can't remember who it was now um oh, i can't remember um it, it means that some of them unfortunately are just a little bit okay it, you're not adding anything to this new Pokemon outside of it's got a regional form or a, or a, or a paradox form. Like I want more than that. Like for example, some of the um, paradox Pokemon, like uh, Iron Hands, like that's uh, most feel- of the most of the robots don't do anything for me. No, they are they are. Uh, I want to say lazy. I don't think they're lazy because they put time. They they they're easy. They took the yeah. easy. They took the easy design rather than thinking. Okay, right. How would this Pokemon evolve in the future to, to 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 live in a futuristic society? And instead of going, okay, well, its habitat would change, and therefore, you know, it wouldn't need its legs anymore, or it would gain yeah, the ability right. to the fly. The design doesn't tell us anything about the environment in which they live. No, it is literally just okay. Uh, this Pokemon, but steel. But, but not giving the steel to yeah, but robot exactly, which is why the past paradox forms I think are absolutely phenomenal because you do get to see even though they are really close in design, you see okay, I can see where why it would then take that path, why it would lose a lot of these features over time as it becomes domesticated and it doesn't need to live in this prehistoric 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 um area where pokemon are battling for supremacy and survival it doesn't need that anymore and i think those designs are are really good and regional while i do like the regional forms and the additions that we get each generation and i think out of paradox megas and conversion regionals bizarrely are the ones that i was least excited about in the past but every generation i'm more excited to see the regional forms and I actually would like you know Generation Five. We got um, all the all the old Pokemon, but new. It would have mm-hmm. been nice to to thinking back if that had been a regional Pokedex. Uh, and I don't know how uh, that okay. worked from an in law perspective. But you know, this is and I guess the example the the better example probably you do would have it been Galapagos Islands. Yeah, you do it. You know, this split off from Kanto. If we yeah. want to go down that way. Here's an island that split off from Kanto years and years and years ago. Yep. It had all those Pokemon on it, but they've all adapted and overcome and are in different environments now. Yeah. Yeah, that could have really worked. And it and it would work and it would really help them, I think, moving forward with with, you know, their you know, the issues they have in terms of they don't seem to have the resources whether or not that's time or anything is you you go okay this is you know generation 10 generation 11 we're taking a previous generation and it's an island just off the top of it like you've said you take the pokemon that were available there and then you're just changing their models ever so slightly it's all regional you change the typings and moves and stuff like that and it reduces the workload because you're not having to create new designs you're just adapting currently existing ones and i think yeah, if we had like an Orange Islands game, I know yeah. they were technically the Sevi Islands, but if we had the actual Orange Islands, which it was already in the show to have like yeah, the Pink Island and stuff yeah. like that. So we know that Pokemon can evolve differently in different areas. They had like the giant Pokemon and all this kind of stuff. So I think that'd be kind of cool to just be like, no, this is this is the same decks. It's the same regional decks. These are the same Pokemon that have evolved but they're all different because they they had to adapt. Yeah. 
I'd, I'd, I'd love that. I would act, like, and I think like if if which region would you do? I'd probably go Hoenn because a it's already surrounded by water. Like you could have Hoenn being the actual split off, like the Ho- Hoenn because it's completely surrounded by water. That's actually the one where technically they're all the regional forms because the although actually that wouldn't work because there are certain Pokemon that that overlap. Actually, thinking about, it. but I think, but that's Hoenn- fine because we know that um, as I say, like Executor is technically the regional form and yeah. alolan executor is the original there yes. are there are pokemon out there that do that so it's fine okay so we could work with that and i would love to see a spin on some of the hoenn pokemon because like obviously you've got um the uh is it mount chimney and you've got that mm-hmm. well the island they spun off from didn't have any kind of volcanic activity so how is that impacting on yeah, some what of the is, fire what is pokemon? now what is the camera ops now yeah Exactly, and you know they haven't got that fire typing or that rock typing. Like you, you could go wild with some of these designs, and and, and I guess it goes back to the point I, I made a few minutes ago that it's the one why it's the it's it's the one type of alternative form that I do want to see continuing because we've got some really good regional forms, and I'd love to see more. I, I think I think we've landed on the thing there, and it's kind of what I alluded to that everything does, but it doesn't. Um, Regional forms and the past paradox forms are specifically the ones that tell us something about the new Pokemon introduced and an older Pokemon we already knew gets more lore for it. Mm. And that's what we need to be doing. If you're gonna if you're gonna mess with something old, teach us something about it we didn't already know. Other than going be meowth but long boy now. <laughs> Which, yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, Thanks it, guys. It, yeah, it, it is a real shame actually because while I I love some of the Gigantamax forms of Pokemon, like why, what, why, yeah. why, like, and there's there's none of that. It is literally just Charizard bigger, Fire Wings, Pikachu chunky, Snorlax back on its belly with an island in its stomach. It's like yeah, uh, fun design doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, no, which is a shame. Um, should we move on to the guessing game for this week? Oh yeah, go on after, then. After a two-week uh, break, uh, so in front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But can Connor spot the fake entry? If you're wondering why I've selected these three, I selected them about three weeks ago. Um, so the first one they is were Ackley. relevant at one point. <laughs> they were relevant at one point, but I'm not changing them. We're just going to do it because I've done my homework. So we're starting with Appling. Entry number one. It spends its entire life inside an apple. It hides from its natural enemy's bird Pokemon by pretending it's just an apple and nothing more. Entry number two. It will only leave the safety of its apple if it begins to rot. It prefers to live in orchards that grow red apples. And the third and final entry. As soon as it's born, it burrows into an apple. Not only does the apple serve as as its food source, but the flavour of the fruit determines its evolution. Interesting. I'm going to go with the second one, and I'm only... It's a level of it because I know that the green one's the shiny type, and I don't know if there's ever been a Pokedex entry that's alluded to a shiny Pokemon before. I'm going to go with the second one. Okay, congratulations. It was, in fact, the second one. Well done. I completely forgot about shiny form. There we go. Well done. The second Pokemon is Duraludon. 
Entry number one. Composed entirely of a common metal, it's immune to magnetic fields. This allows it to live comfortably around Pokemon like Magnemite. Entry number two. Its body resembles polished metal, and it's both lightweight and strong. The only drawback is, it, is that it rusts easily. The third and final entry. The special metal that composes its body is very light, so this Pokemon has considerable agility. It lives in caves because it dislikes the rain. Okay, I'm going to go with the first one because I wasn't sure about the rusting, but then there's another Dex entry that you read that says it doesn't like the rain. So I'm going to go with the idea that maybe maybe this metal rusts. The, the reason I don't like the first one is because it says it's a common metal that isn't magnetic. And I just feel like the Pokedex would have written non-ferrous rather than common. Okay. Yeah, absolutely so right. I'm go with the first one. It's the first one. Well done. Look at you, your knowledge. Very good. And I've suddenly realized now that, like, actually in the future, I could potentially link a fake entry with a real entry. Oh, absolutely. Do it. Okay. <laughs> I need to start doing that. Okay. Right. The third and final Pokemon, who oh, sweating here a little bit. I want to make sure I at least get one, is Cobalion. So... Entry number one. This legendary Pokemon battles against humans to protect Pokemon. Its personality is calm and composed. Entry number two. It refuses to back down from a fight. Its proud nature often puts it at odds with humanity. And the third and final entry. It has a body and heart of steel. It works with its allies to punish people when they hurt Pokemon. Mm, okay, these are very similar to each other. Okay. Oh, I actually don't know. This might just be a roll of the dice. Yes, that's that's the best I can hope for. Body and heart is steel. That's, that feels very Pokedex entry. Does it? Does it? Does the Pokedex ever get metaphorical? Or would in this scientific paper saying it has a heart of steel be taken literally? Is it literal? Does it have a heart of steel? I don't think it does. I'm it's stuck a... on that one, so okay. I'm going to say the heart of steel one. Okay, I'm afraid it's not. It does, in fact, have a heart of body and heart of steel, but not metaphorically. Uh, it's the second one. The second one is the fake one. Okay. What was so, the second one? Uh, it refuses to back down from a fight. Its proud nature often puts it at odds with humanity. That's fair. Okay, that was it. Yeah, that was a that was a very good round. Well done, Connor. You you nearly got the three out. I thought you were going to get the three out of three. I try, I'm starting to learn how to break them down a little bit. I've read a lot of Pokedex entries at this point. Yeah, I need to. I need to mix this up a little bit. I need to. I need to bring up my A triple A game. That's what I need to do. Uh, that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, just top dollar, aren't you, Connor? Where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoen Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoen on Twitter. Tell them about we- Prism. Oh, you're yeah. a, you're I'm... allowed to plug Ben. Yeah, sorry. Just because yeah. I don't doesn't mean you can. <laughs> so uh, this week I started uh, a new uh, let's play uh, uh, series on my channel called Pokemon Prism. It is a it's a, a very old game that at one point Nintendo and the Pokemon Company tried to take down, and I think they succeeded in in partially taking it down. Pokemon Prism was, for all intents and purposes, dead in the water up until about two months ago. It suddenly got a updated version. It's based on um, 
the Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Color game. So it is all the models and sprites of uh, Pokemon uh, Crystal. Uh, so you get loads of animations and stuff. What's unique about this is that it's in a brand new unexplored region, which I'm enjoying because it mean, it goes back to what is, I think, part of the issue with newer Pokemon games is that it's pretty much straight corridors between the connecting cities, whereas this has a lot of okay, you need to get to the next city where well, you've got to go through this dungeon. And it feels very old school Pokemon Final Fantasy where, you know, you go a wrong turn, you go down that, that route for five minutes, suddenly to go, oh, wait, I've gone back on myself or I'm at a dead end. And you're having to do a lot of like tracking back and popping the repels. The difficulty's not too hard, but it is increased. The AI's definitely had a bit of a buff in this. And I think one of the things I, I love about it the most is that it's, they've, they've cherry-picked their own Pokedex of Pokemon from Generation 1 to 4, which means that we get to see pixelized versions of Pokemon from Generation 3 and 4. And because it's Pokemon Crystal, they're animated as well. So when they throw in, like, a Drapion, it'll, like, open its mouth and move its pincers and everything. Um, It's absolutely fantastic. Oh, and your play is the son of Lance as well, which I'm not usually a huge fan of that. But for the most part... Outside of the a brief intro at the start, it's not mentioned again up until where I'm about to take on the seventh gym. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, is it the perfect ROM hack fan made game? Definitely not. You you can tell by some of the language that it is. Quick of- question for you. Go on. Sorry, I I think I watched uh, the first episode and you said it's the son of Lance and Claire. No, no, it didn't. No, it wasn't Claire. Um, okay, thank God. Yeah, because they're 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 related, aren't they? They're, they're cousins. It's, yeah, cousins. I was like, right, um... okay. it's it, no, it's it's not Claire. Claire isn't mentioned at all. You are literally just an uh, your mother is an NPC. You can play as Claire Sprite. Yes, right? you can. You that, can play. That as might Claire be Sprite. where I got yep. confused. Yes, you can. You can. You get to choose your sprite. You get to choose like the color of your hair and customize your character, which is absolutely phenomenal because that was never done up until uh x and y i think was the first game where you got to customize your, your character and this yeah. has that level of customization um it's it's a really interesting game oh 20 gyms as well uh and the inclusion of two typings uh ga- gas and sound sorry like this should have been a quick plug and now it's like like gas and sound pitching the game to me now no, go ahead. It, it's, Carry on. it's it's worth it's worth a play is it the perfect game no but i'm enjoying it for what it is and i really would recommend other people to to check it out oh and just you, you start as a lavatar which is phenomenal absolutely love it um and if you're not sure about it then go watch uh ben's playthrough description down uh, in the in the description down below is a link to my youtube channel uh and before you go we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice and if you're watching this youtube then please leave a like as it really helps out our podcast we'll be back next friday for another week of pokemon podcast content see ya